Are you looking for ways to address racism and social injustice, but don't know where to start? Today, I talk with Quentin about systemic racism, social injustice, and inequality. Quentin openly shares his experience and insight he has learned through research. He says change can begin by developing our emotional intelligence. So please stick around and enjoy the show. Another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm excited because I get to check in on a couple of my favorite guests when we do some updates. And today I have Mr. Quentin Dukes. You've met him in a couple of seasons, and I'm not going to uh, put out the wrong information, but yes, he is in there. I will drop in all his episodes, and we're going to talk about some um, issues that are near and dear to him. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on Mr. Quentin Dukes. Welcome back, sir. Thank you for having me. You know, it's always a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. And, you know, I always like to ask, what's been going on with you? How's everything with the COVID-19 and everything that's been going on in your world? You know what? It's, much hasn't changed. You know, you're taking it one day at a time. You know, I work with the public. So, you know, you make sure that you protect yourself and things like that. But it's business as usual for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who don't know, you're in the healthcare um, industry. So how... What is it that you, um, I mean, you got your degree and stuff like that. So where are you in this process of dealing with um, the reopening and everything like that? How's that been going? Well, here's the thing. So we haven't spoken in a while, but, you know, I work in the retail space now. Okay. And so they were closed for about a month and then they reopened. And the place that I work for right now, not to tell too much of their business, but it's a very top-down organization. So with a lot of organizations, things can be a bit, well, can be seen as a bit reactive. And so people have just been figuring out things as they go when it comes to COVID and how to handle it, what would be best practices moving forward in order to keep everybody safe. And so you just never really know. I think things have definitely leveled out you know, at this point, but, you know, as cases continue to rise, as what we've seen, even in the state of Ohio, you know, I'm pretty sure more is to come with how that needs to be handled. Right, right, yeah, I know uh, this cold and flu season, I know it's going to throw a little, a little dividend in our plans, but, you know, hey, you gotta go with the flow, right, so. That's it, that's the most that you can do, especially when you're not in the position to be able to call the shots, so to speak, you just essentially have to go with the flow. Right, right, so I know I've, I've watched some of your journey unfold on Instagram, that's where I see a lot of your great content and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and I know you, we, we hop on to connect and stuff like that, but I know there's some near and dear topics that's really been on your heart and we were just about to dive into it a little bit before we hit the record button i was like hold up say that for the camera so we can continue on what's what's been going on with you what's what's been on your heart well most recently i will say this it's been me personally what i've been thinking about is just the value of black bodies within the corporate space and of course people are like well what kind of sparked this you know interest that you have and i've always had this interest but I think, you know, I'm originally from Rochester, New York. And if you, you know, listen to the news, um, there was a um, 
I believe I want to say older gentleman. His name was Daniel Prude. And he was essentially killed by the cops. He was killed by Rochester, Rochester Police Department. And I watched the video several times and it just, it made me upset. It made me upset because I used to work in the behavior health field. And when the original call was from a family member and it was regarding his mental health state. And so all this stuff started to swirl around in my head. And I hear people say, well, you know, police officers, they're not well equipped to handle, you know, behavior health or mental health calls or issues. And so I say that may be true. But here's the thing that troubled me is that they had so many options. You know, when I watched it, they had this man laying on the ground, handcuffed, no clothes on, it's cold outside. And I'm like, the most you could have done was give this man a blanket or help him put some clothes on, put him in the car and wait until your supervisor comes out there. But somewhere in the chain of command, you want to know what they could have done? They could have called the University of Rochester Medical Center, which is my alma mater. They do behavioral health health arrest. And so working in the, in the behavioral health field, I had a patient one time where we had to call the University of Rochester and they perform a mental health arrest. That's all they had to do. That is literally all they had to do. And I think the part that hurt me the most is that you can hear them laughing like as if this is a joke because you see a man on the ground with no clothes on. He's blurting out these things because he's, he's experiencing psychosis and you find this to be funny, you know? So then it winds up that he has passed away. It took a very long time for it to surface within, you know, this to hit it, hit pretty much make the news and make, hit the media outlets. I think it was about two to three months that had passed before this actually came to surface where, and then, you know, you had to go through the typical rigmarole of what we're seeing now, where like, even with the Breonna Taylor case and so on and so forth, as we give more and more pushback, then there's a camera, you know, there's camera footage or there's this, there's this new development or there's this new report or whatever. Why is the justice system hiding stuff? Why can't they be transparent? But most importantly, going back to the central part of where I'm trying to get at is that why is it that America does not see the value in black bodies that they do in white bodies? Because when I was in healthcare, one of the projects that I was working on, people want to say, well, cops are not trained to handle mental health. But guess what? Just a couple of years ago, we had the opioid epidemic and you would have overdoses and in order to bring the person out of that state of being, you know, having an overdose and saving them from not dying, you had to administer Narcan. Do you not know how many service workers, people, police officers, um, police officers, firefighters, all these people, they went out their way to learn how to administer Narcan. Right. I would think that would be more of a taxing, you know, you know, experience than to learn how to navigate the system so you can call in the professionals in order to handle something as psychosis. The only difference is, is that when there was the opioid epidemic, there were a lot of white people who were losing their lives. Whereas what you see what's going on, what's been in the mainstream media is a lot of black bodies being killed 
being killed for no reason. And all we get are excuses. We didn't know how to handle this. We were ill-prepared. Do you get it? I can't go to work and be ill-prepared. I can give that excuse, but I'm still going to get written up. I still can run the possibility of getting fired. And I'm not going to get fired. I'm not going to be placed on leave with pay. They're going to be like, okay, it's been nice. Thank you for your time. Give me your badge. Give me your keys. And I will see you later. Right. So this has been something that has pushed me to the forefront of things of like being able to say, hey, we need to call attention to this, you know, and I've also done a lot of research. I still have a lot of research to do. I remember when I was back in Rochester, um, this piqued my interest and I had a chance to speak to older adults, both people of color and white people about certain things. And it all revolved around systemic racism, you know, and it, the <laughs> Where we are now, it's important to know that there is a pathology, meaning it started somewhere. And this is why we started where it was, and this is where we're at right now. Right. And so that's been it. it I know that could be <laughs> a lot, but that's where I've been at mentally. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, like I said, I like the fact that we can actually talk about some of these things because I, I, I've always learned from the military, if you're not... Um, a part of the, uh, if you're not offering up some kind of solution, you're part of the problem. So if mm -hmm. we keep silently not talking about this, which we've been doing for years, we keep feeding into this, you know, to to the 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 systemic racism or or you know mm -hmm. the the problem. We're we're not addressing any of the issues, and, and I know a lot of the times I, you know, don't let me get started, but you know we, we address <laughs> some of the uh the um you know, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the stuff on top, but we're not getting, diving down deep. So, I, I mean, I'm glad you, you know, said we're treating that. the I'm system, you, you know that. what I'm trying to say, we're treating mm -hmm. the, the, the symptoms, but we're not addressing the, the, uh, the, the root cause. And I think um, what I'm, I'm hopeful in and what I'm seeing is, you know, yeah, it's ugly, but this is how it all gets started because you got you, you to gotta open up the wound. You got to get it, mm -hmm. get it mm -hmm. out there. So we can start pouring, pouring in, you know, it goes into where it needs to go. So, I mean, as ugly as we want to see it, in a, in a way, I found, and I'm not trying to take anything away from you. This is just a conversation, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Black woman, too, so it, it affects listen, me. Listen, but you know, but you know, we just, listen, this is, it's a no judgment zone. We <laughs> express ourselves. I don't right. take anything personally or anything like that. So no, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Let's go there. Let's talk about it. But like what I wanted to say though, you know, and I, I think about some of the stuff that we, we see and, you know, and I tell my husband a lot that we can't expect people to understand our, where we're at because they've never experienced it. So it's like, you're mm -hmm, talking to mm -hmm. um, a wall because they never experienced it. So just the fact that people are starting to get out there and, and it's starting to wake people up, I'm hopeful in that. And I think mm -hmm. that's where I, you know, we don't want to take the light off. We don't want to take the shine off. We want to keep the heat on because mm -hmm. where there's heat, you know, you get fired, you start firing. You right, right, right. So, you know, it looks ugly, but I think there's, there, there can be progress in this. And I think mm -hmm. that's, that's where I get my hope from. I don't know. Where do you like look? I mean, I, you're a very intelligent man. So, where do you say we should focus some of our um, our resources or our energy in if we want to really get down deep? Where do you think we should begin with this? 
here's where this is my perspective, and I know this may be an unpopular opinion because I've shared it with some of my peers, and some of them been like, "Okay, I can kind of see that," and some people be like, "Uh, no." Basically, what I'm thinking, and I could be probably seen as a little bit more radical, but here's what this is what I think, and this is how I feel, is that in listening to the people that I had a chance to speak with and also doing my research, we're using, we're trying, we're so busy trying to reform. We're trying to reform, trying to reform, trying to reform. Well, guess what? If it's broken, you know, it gets to a point sometimes, that's just like if you have a car, you love that car, you put so much energy into that car, so much money, it gets to a point where the mechanic is like, it doesn't make sense for you to put any more money into that car. You got to get rid of the car. And I think that is something similar to this system that we currently have. When I had a chance to speak to some of, you know, older people that were around like during Jim Crow and things of that nature, and also doing the research, the purpose of the police at one point in time was to actually keep people of color out of certain neighborhoods. You know, you also had other systemic things going on, such as redlining. I had a chance to sit down with a guy back in Rochester. He worked in the banking field when they were in, like implementing redlining. And so when you have all these things, like say to take the police as an example, why are you trying to reform something that had ill will attached to it in the beginning? And so there's so many people that are like, we don't just want to disband the police. We don't want to do that. Listen, let me tell you something. We're not trying to do that. We're just trying to say that policing looks a little bit different. We also have other countries that I think it was like the UK. I, I think I told you this at one point. I love TikTok. <laughs> so, you know, they were talking about, I think it was someone from the UK. They were like, we don't, our police officers don't even have guns. And their rates of crime are way lower than ours. So why is it that we can't do the same? There's several case studies where they've been able to achieve some type of homeostasis where no group feels ousted, you know what I mean? No one feels like they're getting less treatment than the other, you know what I mean? There's no senseless killing, none of that. Everything here in the United States has to be militarized for whatever reason, I don't get it, I don't understand it, you know? And they wonder why we have so much you know, violence and crime, it, it, it just, it blows my mind. So that's where my mind is of like, we can't continue to fix something that has ill will attached to it to begin with. It just doesn't make sense. We have to go back to the drawing board, but see, a lot of people are uncomfortable with doing that. And at this point, what I'm about to say is not even a color thing. You know what I mean? They're so, they've been so comfortable because they've been able to benefit from the current system that is in place. So anything that changes is going to make them feel uncomfortable. It's gonna make them completely feel uncomfortable. And at this point, it's just like, we're getting to the point where this is like, you hear a lot of people say, it's no longer serving us. So we have to do something different. And what that looks like, I have no clue, but we have to get there. Well, like I said, it comes down to, and it takes you back to, you know, you, you mentioned about the, the, the gentleman in, in Rochester. We, we always are quick to throw it under the rug because we don't want to understand. We don't want to address it. You know, it's too mm-hmm. hard to address the issue. But like I said, if we keep throwing it in the face, if we keep putting it out there, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that we're all going to sing Kumbaya next, you know, you know, all together <laughs> and things like that. But 
I'm, I think this is a, it, it, like I said, it's ugly, but that's how we have to get it open, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, right, and like you said, right. nobody likes comfort. And nobody likes talking about mental health. Look how long mental health has had a stigma. And it's still I and, and I've never understood why people don't want to talk about it. Because here's the thing that has always got me. And I will be tr- completely transparent. Within my healthcare career, that job that I had back, and shout out to Anthony Jordan. <laughs> that was the clinic back in Rochester. That was the absolute best job that I had, hands down. I enjoyed my patients. The patients, once we got to know each other, it was just like, they felt like they can come to me for anything and everything. And I I enjoyed that because they were quick to say, listen, I feel uncomfortable going to see that doctor or that nurse. Can you come in and sit down with me? Can you go ahead and you do that? You know, and you know, not to make a quick transition or anything like that, but these kind of elements transition over into healthcare, you know, and they wonder why people of color have poor health outcomes. And the reason why they have poor health outcomes is because, and I hate to say this, but a lot of times the practitioner is white and then you have a person of color who may be a poor person, may not, you know, but they feel uncomfortable interacting with the white doctor. And of course this doesn't go for all white doctors, but there's a lot of white doctors out there that lack empathy and emotional intelligence so if you don't have those things it doesn't matter what field you're in you're not going to be successful because you're not going to be able to interface with people and be able to have an effective and productive conversation it's just not going to happen it's just not going to happen and i you know what and we always end up right back to the whole conversation and community communication is what all we've been talking about mm-hmm. love myself grow thyself you can mm-hmm. learn to empathize with other people and that's how we get to be better with each other because then you're putting yourself in another person's shoes right that's and I it know and going, that's right? how it comes full circle that's exactly <laughs> what and, and the thing of it is is that those core elements of what you just identified of what brings us full circle they're simple they're simple they're simple to implement that's the crazy thing it's simple to implement but for some reason people do not want to do it they don't want to do it and this is my this is what i say it's free to be nice to somebody it's free it don't cost you nothing you know what i mean for you to be able to go out and for you to be nice just to see i was in walmart the other day quick you know quick antidote i was in walmart the other day i was looking for a heater because it's starting to get a little cold now okay but they ain't turned the heat on in my apartment yet so you know i went on to get a little space heater and it was a lady she you could tell she was she worked there and she was just like hustling she was moving 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 so i stopped and i said hey do you know where the heaters are and so she was like um it's my first day but i'm gonna figure it out don't worry i'm gonna figure it out i'm like okay all right take your time take your time take your time so then she showed me where it was. And so I was like, you know, I was like, thank you so much. And so you could tell she was just kind of like, kind of like just on 10, like how people say hyped up on 10 or whatever. And she had tears coming out of her eyes and I stopped her and I said, are you crying? Is everything okay? You know, and she stopped and she, I said, just breathe, just relax and breathe. She was like, thank you so much. You know what I mean? She was like, this is my first day and I got, you know, I'm late and all this other stuff. I said, listen. I said, the job is going to be here, okay? The job is going to be here. Relax. You made the effort to get here. And I said, now you're here. 
So experience it and live in it for what it is. I said, no matter if you get any pushback or whatever, just be transparent and let them know that you was having a tough morning. I'm pretty sure they should be understanding of that. And I said, if nothing else, I said, they can come talk to me because you just helped me out. It's your first day. So I just met you and I know that you're strategic, you're forward thinking, and you're helpful. I just met you. It ain't even been 10 minutes. It ain't even been 10 minutes. And she sat there. She was like, thank you so much. I feel so much better. She was like, I appreciate, you know, asking about how I am. No one else has asked me this morning. I said they probably aren't because they're in their own little bubble. They're worried about themselves and what they got to deal with or whatever else. I said, you just caught me on the day where I'm just chilling. It's my day off. Okay. I said, but, you know, I hope that your day gets better. Look. It's free. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally free. It is free to do that. And I, and I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why people can't, more, why more people cannot do that. It's free. Right. That's a good question, Mr. Quinn. And I also got another good question for you too. <laughs> well, hopefully I got a good answer for you. <laughs> so, where can, where can people find more information about what you do, your services, and, and you know how do we can connect on maybe addressing some of these these issues that you know we all probably experiencing. We just don't know mm-hmm. who to talk to. Well, here's the thing. So you know I'm on Instagram. It's Mr. Debonair Thirty. That's my username. I am going through a little bit of kind of like rebranding, so to speak, just simply because I. And this is what I struggle with. Maybe someone can help me out on this. Maybe I can get a lifeline. There's so many things that catch my attention and that I am very interested in, you know, such as the life coaching. I've been doing that for a while. And then just most recently, and this is the way I work. I don't know if it's because I'm an Aquarius or if it's something else. I don't, maybe it was the way I was raised. I don't know. (laughs) There are certain things that, you know, catch my attention. And what I do is I study and I learn it. And once I feel comfortable with my knowledge base, and I never get to a point where I think I know everything, I still try to get as much from other people. That's why I sit down, like, even with this, what we're talking about right now, you know, I've sat down and I've had the conversation, hoping to have more conversations with people who were, you know, around during Jim Crow, and they know what that looks like, and to be able to get that firsthand experience. And so, you know, once I feel comfortable with my knowledge base, then I'll be able to, you know, well, that's when I step out and I'll be like, okay, I, I feel comfortable being on a platform such as this to be able to kind of call or call some attention to it or whatever. But like I said, you can just direct them to um, the Instagram well, and they can reach out that way. Well, of course, Mr. Quinn, it's always, is always a pleasure to talk to you. And you know what? I always love to have you come back. Love these conversations. Mm-hmm. Welcome to come back. All right. Well, you listen, whenever you ask, you already know I'm there. <laughs> and I also want to know, let everybody know, feedback is always welcome. Email us if you have any guests or show ideas. Links will be posted in the comments. Um, thank you for watching. And if you're enjoying what Quentin is dropping, please give us a thumbs up. Put some comments in the, in the, uh, down there in the, the box. And before you go and you join the insights, please consider hitting that subscribe button over there. And take things in stride, go with the flow, and create your own path. And we'll see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. So, bye-bye. Share with us. What was one of your takeaways from today's show? Post your answers on our Facebook page.
Hi, everyone. This is Tanya again, popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show. Coffee with Tea interviews are always free, and if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared, please stay and grow with us and show your financial support. You can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter. Links are posted in the description box. And again, I wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in.